Hello, Evan. How are you? I'm good, Chris. How are you? Welcome back to Locked on Cavs. You look a little tired, my guy. Uh, always a little bit. Always you a know. little bit. Well, I already teased it to you. I texted you about it. Uh, By the um, way, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, Pro Locked on Podcast Network. Network. Thanks for joining us live on YouTube or Twitch, wherever you're watching us. Uh, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you haven't already. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Again, we're trying to get as close to 1,000, if not to 1,000 as you can by the start of the season. And uh, we'll be back to more functional scheduling now that things for us have calmed down. And uh, we're just going to gonna buckle up so uh yeah man hit me with this gentleman's bet well no we gotta hit with the intro first then the gentleman's bet so okay in a second everyone you are locked on Cavs, your daily cleveland cavaliers podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day All right, we're back. Chris, okay, so the Cleveland Cavaliers open up their season in less than a week. They open the season on the road against Memphis. Here is my gentleman's bet for you. I want you to predict the winner, and I'll predict the winner of this game. And in case there's a tiebreaker, because I have a feeling we're both going to pick the same winner, you have to give me the total final score combined. So let's say Cleveland wins 184. You say 184 is the number. The loser of the bet has to go see Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and give a full review for five minutes on an episode. Because I've Um, heard it's one of the worst movies ever made, and I'm more than willing to go spend my money on this. What movie again? Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Oh, my God. Um... I think you and I should... spend with a bad wig... I'm really just happy he's getting the bag, honestly. Like, um, you know what? Like, honestly, good Stop for him. Stop posturing. Like, Who's bought another win? yacht. What's it's it's like um, Zombie Land when he's wiping his eyes at the dollar bills at Bill Murray's mansion. <laughs> uh, I'll go first. I think Memphis yeah, is going to win to a final yeah. score of eighty-five to seventy-nine, and I'm going to do the basic math in my head here. Wait, you think the Cavs are only going to score 85 points? I think the Cavs are only going to score 79 points against Memphis. Wait, you're saying it's going to be an eight? Okay, you're so you're predicting like a brick fight. I'm betting. I'm betting low because if you get closer to the finals, whoever gets closer to the final score wins here, Chris. So if you go high and the Cavs score low. You have to go see Venom, Let There Be Carnage, featuring Tom Hardy and Woody Harrelson in theaters now, and also part of the MCU, apparently. So that's my final pick. Uh, I'll do the math as you pick, and then we'll get going. I'm going to pick the Cavs. Um, oh. Because I just Buy feel it. like I just... No, I'm... Evan, you so my final, my final total will be 164. Uh, I'm going to go... Wow, that's a very low. Um, I'm going to go. I just because I also just want to watch something that is engaging, to be honest with you. Like, so I'm going to go uh, 208. OK, so if the Cavs score closer to or the final score combined is closer to 208 points, I lose the bet. And if the Cavs win, it doesn't matter. Let's say like the Cavs win and Memphis loses, you win the bet. So it's split either way. But let's say. Yeah. 
the score doesn't matter at this point because we both picked different teams. But whatever. Either way, I guess I was wrong. But all things considered, man, how are you doing? How how are you ready for the preseason finale against the Pacers? No, I I would like to be put into like a cryogenic like t- chamber and just like reset. I need like a reset button. Well, do you want to talk about it, or do you want to keep it off the air? Our our, our listeners will definitely give you therapeutic advice. No, I, I, this is what I pay a therapist for. Um, but that's we, fair. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, where do you want to start, man? Where, where do you want to, where do you want to start with the cap stuff? We obviously have, uh, the uh, Davis news. I think we should talk about like the Jetty Osmond contract discourse that like I log off to, I t- send one tweet about it and then I log back in an hour later. And this is why Twitter just sucks. I have like 30 mentions. One of the people in the thread I had muted. So I didn't see all the tweets because like I don't want to subject myself to that. But it's just people arguing about like Jetty Osmond's contract in the year 2021 of our Lord uh, and Savior, Boban Marjanovic. So <laughs> I, I, I don't know what we're doing here. I'm like just ready for like I, I cannot express. Can you, you fill me in on this Jetty discourse? Because I've been busy at so work basically all day people, today. Basically, well, this was yesterday, maybe. Either um, way, I don't really check it was this after- stuff. I'm happier because I don't go looking for trouble. Well, Sometimes I pick. Fights. Well, I didn't even go looking. I responded to a Ben Axelrod tweet. And it was basically like the Cavs don't have any cap flexibility. Let's just start here because I think this is just an easy segment. We can kind of yeah. crush out here. Basically, Cavs basically saying like the Cavs don't have any flexibility. Like they're kind of like it's very hard for them to create cap space is the gist of the argument. And then it was like. Like they, they have a lot of money like they spend on guys that like don't really factor in their long term plans and that's a suboptimal place to be if you're where they are. And I think that's that's just factual. That's big facts. You know, the Kevin Love contract, I think, is the obvious one of that. Um, but you know, Ben brought up the I think it was Ben or, or David Zavok brought up the, the Jetty Osmond contract, which is another one. And it's like there's a player you're paying a lot of uh, not a ton of money, like in the grand scheme of things, but like a, a decent chunk of change that maybe doesn't factor into your plans this year, might not play all that much. And, like, even without him, like, their cap situation, like, if you just remove Jetty's contract and didn't have any... Okay, so Zavok brought it up. I'm going to shout to Joe uh, for being too online. Um, <laughs> he, uh... David just gets mad at everyone. Um, he... Basically, they were talking about, like, the idea that, like, the Cavs cap situation, like, isn't good anyway. And, like, someone was like, no, the cap, cap, cap situation's actually fine. It's, like, actually, like, a really tricky thread for them to, to navigate right now because... It's a tightrope okay, so, walk. So, like, Sexton is extension eligible. That has to get done. If that's going to get done before the season, it has to happen very soon. Joe, use the right your if you're going to come at me, King. If you come at the King, use the right grammar, okay? Come on, Joe. Anyway, um... Basically, like they have Sexton's extension eligible, mm-hmm. Garland's extension eligible a year after that. Mm-hmm. The and love contract is what two more years, two more years. This year, yes, there's this year, and next year, and that's it. Okay, and so it's then less, it's twenty eight point nine million next year. Okay, so it's a little bit less, so like saves you a little bit, but and then Jetty has this year, and next year, and then the last year is not guaranteed. Basically, they're in this position where, like, the moment a lot of if if they're gonna pay the young guys they have or want to go spend another stuff, it has to be in a very specific window, because the love money, as long as it's on the books, is there, and it they're gonna have. 
if they're, they're going to have like it's going to get moved and they're not going to get to move off it and like just free up that money. It's not how that's going to end up if it ends up. And the Jetty yeah. thing, just like look, like I, I don't really, th I understand like why. The, I'm sure if you went and found like whatever I wrote or said about it at the time, like I would have been in favor of that deal. Some I'm of those deals are just now. not going to work out. Going in hot. It's fine. Some of those deals like just don't work out, right? Like some of those deals just like. Like you pay, you're hoping you're betting a future talent, and it didn't work, and like that can happen. But it, the reality is, the Cavs cap situation is just like this very pressing thing, and I I think like I I don't I don't I don't think like it is like it's just factual to me that that is true. Like it is a very complicated cap situation to navigate for a team that is still kind of a blank slate. You know what I mean? Like it is just the reality of it that it's just like. This is like a lot of money being spent on a team that we don't really know what it is. And it's like they're right under the luxury tax line, which is like absolutely insane. And there's no reason for them to get even over that line because it potentially triggers repeater taxes and things like it's all just very silly. It's all just very silly. And like it, it's a reminder that like the Cavs have hit on some stuff the last couple of years. The money side of it and like their cap management has been a little all over the place. Not in terms of like I think how they think about the cap, but in terms of like the money given out to like Kevin Love in particular. Is in and then the jetty thing, and those two things just like really hampered your ability to spend any money. You're muted, Evan. Oh, I was just like a true Midwesterner and saying "ope" a bunch of times, but yeah, a lot of it does start and end with a Kevin Love contract, unfortunately. I and it, it it's a tightrope walk because Jared Allen's making twenty million. It's a flat rate. You have to figure out what Colin Sexton's extension is going to be. Like you and I have heard of a rough ballpark number of what it like could 20, be. Like 20, 22, 22 year plus incentives. Yep. It's, yep. Chris is spot on there. So that's 44 million there. Darius Garland doesn't kick in next year, but he kicks in the following year. And you would like to imagine Rich Paul is probably going to get him signed sooner instead of later. Plus, Clutch has a good working relationship with the Cavs, and the Cavs uh, assuming and, and this is presuming well. he has the kind of year that like everyone kind of hopes he's going to have and all that stuff. Like if he, yeah. has a, if he does have a good year, yeah. it's just like I don't know what you're supposed to do. Like I don't care how good Rich is at his job. Like there's a limit on how effective some of that can be. No, it's a real freaking bummer, man. But you know, it's just something not worth sweating over because you know why? I use Sweatblock today's sponsor. It's doctor created, doctor recommended. It works up for seven days per use. Dry shirt guarantee. Look at me right now. Pits are bone dry. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. Bestseller on Amazon for the past ten years with over thirteen thousand reviews, and they are currently number one on Amazon in the antiperspirant category. You can wear what you want to wear. Your little secret to confidence, and this is a must-have for everyone's total shoe bag whether it's for a big presentation, a hot date, everyone can benefit, especially if you're a host and a verified host at that of the number one Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Chris, we're back. So, I, yeah, it's just Jetty's contract is a bummer. I know it's not fully guaranteed. Remember, you know, I was thinking about it while you're talking. I kind of smirked to myself first. Second, just thinking a year ago, maybe two years ago, because we're creeping up on my two-year anniversary of me being on the show. Remember we talked about how Jetty Osmond, like his contract was like an absolute steal, and like we don't know why Jetty or his agent agreed to it, and now it just kind of seems like I, it's a yeah. burden. It's just so yeah, weird to think about like the how much things have changed in the last two years. Like If you got the Jetty Osmond from two years ago, he would be perfect for this Cavs team. Uh, if you got the Jetty yeah. Osmond of his theoretical rookie season with LeBron, perfect for this team but you're not going to get that um 
I don't know if Jetty really has any value around the league. I think the Cavs try to attach into maybe some future seconds and maybe flip for a first round pick in this year's or the Evan Mobley draft. That didn't really work out. I know New Orleans is really a team. Cleveland called quite a bit about Jetty's contract and just Jetty's availability. And New Orleans just did not seem interested and want to bite on it. I think Jetty just needs to put together like a solid string of games and maybe he gets moved from there on. But at the same time, like Cleveland's wing depth is so piss poor do you really want to shake up the wing rotation even more unless you're bringing back something of quality because like let's look at it this way like sure Windler or stevens are like ready to go like that's the other yeah if you're sure those guys are ready to go but we'll get into them in a little more in a second because there's something i just realized looking at the cap sheet what's that uh basically like the Cavs, like kind of like are in with with those guys like stevens and like they're on like these like windler is a little more immediate but like all these guys are like eventually like gonna like you're gonna have to like pay them a little bit more than you're paying them now if you want to keep them if they're good like, I, I think one of the things the Cavs need to nail in the next, like, two to three years, and this is the thing I think every team needs to nail. I think it obviously matters that, like, you, it gets really emphasized, I think, more, like, at the top of the league when, like, when like when, like, the Nets can get, like, Nick Claxton as, like, a, as a cheapest, or, like, when THT was kind of, like, a more affordable piece for, for the Lakers or whatever. Like, that kind of stuff can really matter. The thing with the Cavs is, like, I think you're going to need for them, they're going to need to find guys that are, like, they're, like second-round picks, uh, G League guys, whatever, to like come in and like be sort of like contributors and, and effective. And they've done that, oh, better at that, I think, of late. And, and I think Lamar is a guy that could kind of be that guy. I think Dean Wade is kind of that been that guy. Um, Windler was a, was a chance at like a first round, a cheap first round pick kind of guy. But like their contracts are coming up too. You know what I mean? It's not like they're not immediate and pressing in the same way. And they're not going to cost as much as no, I was gonna or say, Garland or Okoro. If, if you but, sign like, Dylan Windler to an extension, it's probably going to be very cheap. Like, yeah, but it's like it's still gonna be situation. like it's still just like a it's still like when you have all these deals kicking in, like it's still just like more money. Um, because he has well, next year he has a club option for four million for next season that I don't think has been uh picked up yet. I don't think it has either, but like this is just the tough reality of the situation too, when you're a team like Cleveland, like the Hawks are a good example of this where they're kind of overloaded with young talent. And now they got to start paying everybody. They already played, they already played paid Clint Capella. They paid John Collins, max dollars. They paid Trey young max dollars. Like they're going to have to pay cam reddish pretty soon. Uh, Deandre Hunter is going to be extension eligible because he's in the same cl- draft class as Darius and um, reddish. So it, it's going to get tough pretty quick for a lot of these teams and i don't envy them to be in that i mean memphis is gonna have a lot of issues too like jaron jackson well, you, Jr. Me- what, yeah but memphis is like doing some smart stuff where they're like kind of like punting on some stuff a little bit like to kind of like give do you consider that smart i think it's frustrating i get it's frustrating but it's also like if you're ever gonna do that i think when Josh's still young and like you're not taking so much of a step back because i mean it's like they didn't like pay justice winslow is sort of like the thing they did you know what i mean and it's like they're giving themselves some flexibility to kind of emphasize and add stuff like when Ja and stuff are really ready to win and like the maybe the West is like a little more cleared out than it is right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's just not like it's just it's not right now. Like the West is like really hard. Like like they're like even if they had spent a bunch of money this year, like like they weren't going to it was going to get them, I think, a massive place anyway. So. I mean, that's a bold statement on your part. The West being really hard. I mean, geez, the why Lakers I are full strength. Of, the Clippers. That's why are, I have a cyber truck. That's why you have several cyber trucks, and you're in the the uh, the studio mock-up that you made inside your mansion to make sure you still have humble beginnings. But um, 
Yeah, I just think the Cavs are going to have to work. That's just kind of how they've always operated, though. They have to operate with razor-thin margins, and they had one roster spot available, and I think this is a smart move bringing in Ed Davis to fill that last spot because the Cavs need more adults in the room, as Chris Manning would say. Like Ricky yeah, Rubio so I, is like the positive vibe guy. You bring Ed Davis in to work with the big men as well. It, it, it makes sense in theory. Like you have Rubio in the ear of Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. You have Ed Davis who has said he wants to continue working with Jared Allen because they played together in Brooklyn. And he wants to work with Evan Mobley because he called Evan Mobley a $500 million player. Like Ed Davis is all about like young players getting that bag. And I'm like, you know, I respect it, man. So it's refreshing to hear, I guess. But I think it's a good thing to have adults in the room who can be that veteran presence because this is a very young team that's probably going to hit a lot of adversity quickly. I I love the Ed Davis signing. He might be the most like beloved player among other players in the league. Oh yeah. Like every team, every stop he's had teammates have nothing but pod like his stop in Portland. Like he was beloved there. I mean, even like he got real with the media today when he was in the Lakers and like people in LA loved him too. But like, he's like when I went to the Lakers and my only options are the Lakers and the Clippers and I signed for like next to no money, I realized like my basketball life is on the line and he's just like, I wish it worked out differently. Sure. He's like, I wish I learned how to take three pointers. Sure. But <laughs> thankfully I ended up with <laughs> Portland and then he ends up with Brooklyn, Utah, Minnesota, like, I think a good vibe guy to have like that is definitely something the Cavs need. Like, I think they try to get it with Tristan Thompson and Tristan Thompson was a lot of that. I think having a couple of those is a really good thing too, especially because again, Kevin Love was supposed to be that, but it just didn't work out. So you bring in other adults to kind of make it work for these young impressionable players. Yeah. And I, and I think just doing it at a time where you want to take a swing up is, is I think a good time to do it, right? Like I think if you want to be in a spot where, you're going to try and level up. I think Ed Davis is a guy that like, I, yes, I understand like, Oh, the Cavs have a lot of a center who's like, and you know, you could argue like, okay, like, cause this roster spot have gone to like a more interesting young player. I, I kind of don't know if there's like anyone out there that I would rather have than Ed Davis at this point. I think like just having like, like a guy around to help you navigate stuff, to be a sounding board for the young guys, to, to help guys get through the grind of the season for like, maybe he's going to take Evan Mobley under his wing. You know what I mean? Like if that happens and that becomes like a meaningful thing, like if that happens and like, we're not going to be able to calculate this sometimes without like locker room access. I think it'll be harder for us to even like report how much of this is like actually like, so it's, it's like some of this will be um, hard for us to kind of navigate in terms of like Mm -hmm. proving how real it is. And we're not gonna be able to calculate this. I tend to think that like culture is real. And I know a lot of people say, Oh, culture is not real. It's just like a, a, a buzzword, whatever. I think in sports, I think culture, I think work environment, I think like the tone you set, I think all that stuff does matter. And I think if well, you, you have Rubio, not just in the sports world, it's applicable to any job environment. If no, like, I know, I know, I know. Culture at your job, like you're gonna hate going to work every single day. But but I'm saying specifically in the context of what we're talking about. Yeah, like of in course. terms of so like, like navigating this long season, navigating a bunch of losses, navigating competing egos. Like there's just a lot of stuff where this can get like kind of dramatic for like reasons. And I think that Davis helps you navigate some of that. I think it's just good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like expect, he kind of said himself, he doesn't expect to play. No, let's talk a little bit more about Ed Davis. Chris, we got to take a quick break from our sponsors before we go. Our most important listener popped into chat with us. The man, the myth, the legend Judah. Hey, long time. No speak. How have you guys been doing? I've been good. Judah. How are you? Let us know in the chat, but Chris, 
why don't you give us a quick word from today's other sponsor, Bet Online? Yeah, let me, well, we're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron. His teams are back for another football season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, Perhaps you bet on Fury Wilder 3. Write to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That's Bet Online where the game starts. Okay. Um, where do you want to go next? Do you want to do more at Davis? I mean, do you have any other? Yeah, let's talk more at Davis. I'm a big fan of his signing, and he had his first media availability with the Cleveland media today. And he got really real with people. Like Chris said, he is coming in here with zero expectations. He made it clear, like, I'm not really coming here to take anybody's minutes. So guys like Markinen, Mobley, Allen, like, they don't have to worry about it. He's just like, when I worked with Jared Allen in Brooklyn, back when they played together during the, let me just get the right year here, the 2019 season, for part of the 2019 season. Yeah, he 2018-2019 uh, season, excuse me. Um he said, listen, Jared Allen was not a 20 million a year player. He would tell you that back then. But now he's like, I'm proud as hell of him because I pushed him and helped him put in the work so that he could b- bounce back and be a stronger and better player. And like, I don't know. It's just interesting to hear so many veterans who are like openly happy to be in Cleveland because you don't really hear that. I think some are appreciative of the op- like Ed Davis, at least is appreciative the opportunity to have a team that wants to sign him and have him around or like Ricky Rubio. This is an opportunity for him to really just boost his resume and get a contender to possibly trade for him. But while they're here, they're looking to make a meaningful impact and just, I don't know. Ed Davis is just like a good dude. It just seems like it by all accounts. Like you said, like all accounts and I've heard it too. He's like, he's a good guy. And like, you really got that impression today. Like, and even JB, like apparently this was a signing JB really pushed for, um, like JB is like has a relationship with Ed and like really wanted him on the roster and like said to Kobe, like, listen, we need more culture guys. We need more tone setters. And Chris, you and I have a mutual connection in the Cavs front office too. And like, he agrees with your feelings. Like the Cavs need as many adults in the room as possible because this is a young and impressionable team. And yeah, I think it's smart because Darius Garland is clearly like your franchise cornerstone and Evan Mobley and to an extent, Jared Allen or the other two. And then Sexton as well. But like you have Rubio working with the two guards. You have Ed Davis working with the two key big men, maybe Markinen as well. But maybe Markinen gets moved at some point too, because who knows? But yeah, it's just refreshing to hear that the Cavs are kind of doing things the right way. I think, you know, they're not going to be like, yeah, they're going to be gunning for the playoffs. But like I had somebody on Facebook say, like, I think you're a little harsh saying they're going to be under 26 wins. I'm just like, they could go over, but I just don't think they're going to make the playoffs. That's all, because I just don't think they're better than 10 other teams in the East. So, I don't know. I, uh, just having I, having the, these guys see, there to yeah. help ride the storm a little bit, because that Davis talked about that, too. He's just like, there's going to be times where these guys deal with a lot of losing. There's going to be times that they have to face adversity, and like they're going to either fall apart both on or off the court, and I have to be there to help pick them back up and keep them going. Like It's just the vets are saying the right things, and it's really refreshing to hear. <laughs> Yeah, I had uh, in the there's a preview destination that is up. The art on that is incredible. Um, and the preview I did for for Forbes, um, basically I think everything has to go right for the Cavs to kind of 
get to like where some people kind of assume they're just going to be in like playing hopes. I think like a lot just has to go right. Oh, you yeah. know. I mean, yeah, that's just the reality of the situation. Like, at, like Garland has to hit, Mobley has to hit instantaneously. Sexton has to not be so sloppy with the ball. Like, you have to really lean on these young players and hope that the veterans you brought in and some of these key additions during the offseason like provide meaningful minutes because like I I think we can safely assume JD's 10 man rotation at this point is gonna be the starting five, and then love Markinen. Osmond, Rubio, and then probably either Wade or Windler is the tenth man, maybe Stevens as well. Like that's that's pretty much it. So I don't know. I'm interested to see what hits, but you're spot on. Like everything has to hit for them to actually be a legitimate playoff threat. I think Mobley has to be like incredible day one. I think Garland has to be as good as that we sort of assume he's gonna be. Um I think Sexton needs to have like a really, really productive year. I think Okoro has to be like a, a more impactful offensive player. Um, and I think they and need to be healthy. That's tough because Isaac Okoro said this is his, probably his hardest time in basketball is learning how to play without the ball in his hands. I mean, yeah, but it's, it's, it is a transition. And again, I don't think last year, like being how condensed the season was, the lack of practice, like that there's even more like... I, I tend to think that is like... It, it's just like there's an impact curve that we just don't fully understand. I, I think the other part of that I would just kind of know too is like, I think, how do I say this? Um, I think that this is the health part of this just has to kind of go said because I think like for the Cavs to kind of have a, I think honestly, like I think an acceptable year for the Cavs, and this might be like a bit of a hot take for folks. If they could win, like get get near their over under total, right? Like get near that twenty seven and a half. Like let's say they get to twenty seven itself, twenty six. But they're healthy all year, and they come out of the year good, bad, ugly, whatever, and no sort of have a much better idea of what they are and who they have and everything. That to me is a successful year for the Killing Cavaliers. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like. I don't think Cavs are trying to be losing a culture, and we've talked about this ad nauseum at this point. Like in terms of Eastern Conference teams, you look at Detroit and Orlando as the two teams actively trying to lose. Like I feel like Justin Rowan was talking in our Fear the Sword veteran group chat. He's like, I feel comfortable with them being in like the low to mid thirties. Like I don't feel necessarily. I don't think that's necessarily they're gonna have that quite a leap. But I think they will hover around like that 26, 27, 28, maybe even 29 wins. Like there's going to be some ugly losses, but. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. It, I, I, I think there's going to be winnable games as well. What would you say like the absolute like ceiling is for them? If everything exactly goes right and they can win like what what is like the like max number of range wins for them? I think it's in like the, the 30s. I think it's like low 30s. I think it's 34 is their max win total this year. Like I think that's like if everything hits. I just think that brutal West coast road trip. And then the other brutal road trip in January is just really unfortunate timing and momentum killers for them. I, yeah, I, I think the road trip at the start of the year is like an absolutely like brutal. Like the thing Cavs could be zero and 15 to start the year. Realistically. Um, well, if that happens, heads are rolling. Oh, heads will roll. I think it's what did Joe Varden say once Rome is burning. Rome will be burning. 
It'd be funny if they like beat the Lakers earlier in the year, though. Just because the Lakers like figuring stuff out. It would be funny if that happened. It'd also be funny if John Bailey made like a thinly veiled pot shot at them through the news, like David Blatt did, because you know time is a flat circle with this Cavs team. Crushed. Well, John Bailey, John Bailey had um, when I saw him at summer league, an incredible pair of Air Maxes on. Guy like had a nice quarter zip. Working for the Pistons, he's doing well. Oh, yeah, I forgot he's working for the Pistons these days. Like I had to like think yeah. for. Oh God, hopefully they didn't let him anywhere near he the locker a, room, though. He had a synchron, like a very nice synchronized outfit. So it's like his blue quarter zip. I don't know how he was wearing a like a long sleeve quarter zip and in, in, in khaki pants in Las Vegas. Old people wear coats when it's eighty degrees outside. Yeah. Um. Odd. So he had that on. He had the the pants, which were like not wrinkly at all, and a, and a nice pair of red and white Air Maxes. Looking good, John Bayline. I like that look. Um, Chris, why don't we take a quick break? We will come well, back. Actually, let's let's let, we have one, right. one more random thing I want to ask you before oh. then we'll go into a break. Do JB is obviously a fan of the no suits. Do you like no suits for coaches? Yeah, I don't see why not. As long as you're not trying to bellicheck your look and like mutilate your hoodie on the sideline. I don't care. Like, well, what co- what coach is most likely to have a son that has a mullet? Is it Tibbs? I think it's Tibbs. No, maybe Tibbs or like who's the most Tom Hanks coach in the league? And then you find no, out. No, it has to be like a, it has to be like a, a nutty coach whose son is like also kind of a nut. No, have Tibbs you seen Chet Hanks, dude? Yeah, but like I, but I'm thinking of like Belichick's kid with his mom. I, I know Steve. Licking Why did the you mic just like, go like a cow? You just like lick your mic. Okay. That's what he was doing. Okay. Or okay, we're going to break. I can't. We're I going can't to break. We'll take your questions after this, folks. We'll talk about the preseason finale, too. 